Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Stock Market Today. It's Justin Nielsen here, along with David Saito Chung, uh, joining us as a lot of our folks are out in CES, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, that's the time of the year that we do that kind of thing. Uh, it is uh, Monday, January 8th, 2024, and we've got a show for you because after last week's route, we had a market that was really strong. Uh, David, what are some of the stocks you're going to talk about this time around? Hey, Justin. Uh, I'm glad you and I didn't go to Vegas, too. Otherwise, right, exactly. what would have <laughs> happened to this show? Someone's got to hold down the fort, right? Uh, <laughs> although I, I, did offer, I did offer to volunteer as tribute in case uh, I was needed. I'm always up for a Vegas trip. <laughs> there we go. Well, uh, I heard that Friday this show covers some great names, so we'll, we'll try to follow a tough act. And we're going to look at Lululemon. We're also going to look at uh, Boeing, correct, Justin? B-A? Mm -hmm. Yes, and maybe throw a few few more in there. Yeah, and a home builder, Toll Brothers. Uh, so. Toll Brothers, that's yeah. it. Um, so yeah, before we do that, let's go ahead and take a look at the markets. The S&P 500 uh, closed up 1.4%. The NASDAQ composite up 2.2%. The NASDAQ 100 uh, right there with it at 2.1%. Uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average a little bit hit. We're going to talk about Boeing. Uh, it was hit earlier with a, a little bit of a drop, but it finished up uh, over half a percent at six tenths of a percent, roughly. And the Russell 2000 coming in just under 2%. So really strong day here, uh, Dave. I mean, after last week's, you know, last week's action, I mean, the NASDAQ was up um, mm -hmm. nine weeks up in a row. And so, of course, a lot of people were saying, OK, it's completely logical for there to be a pullback. But they never feel that great when they're happening, right? Oh, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. Well, usually when the NASDAQ falls more than 3.2% in a single week, you got to expect a, a little more selling spillover, right, onto Monday. That didn't happen. It's also really remarkable, too, that that 3.2% drop came after not only that nine straight up weeks in a row, but that was a 19.8% gain. Mm -hmm. uh, that alone is like a bull market type of gain in, in the space of nine weeks. So to, to see the NASDAQ rally, what, 2.2% and take back almost all of last week's drop, a severe drop in one day, pretty impressive. Yeah. And, and yeah. We, we did get that support right there at the 10-week moving average line, switching over to the daily chart. Uh, we, we make a big deal about this 21-day moving average line, which is the green line on this chart. Um, you know, we, we, we had a few days below it, and we're just right back above that line. What does that say to you? I think it's continuing that uptrend that we've highlighted at IBD since the November 1st follow-through day. That was a key day in this current nascent but strong uptrend, Justin. Uh, and that was also felt and, and shown on the S&P 500, much broader index. So it wasn't just technology. And so I, I do like that technical action. And, and you know, I think the Russell 2000, zero RUS on Marcus Smith, or we often use IWM, mm -hmm. as well as the one of my favorite ETFs in terms of covering the major indexes, the MDY, S&P Midcap, the Spider S&P Midcap 400, if you look at that, not only had a nice gain, retaking a lot of last week's losses, it too is retaking not only the 21-day exponential, but also a key round number, that 500 century mark. Mm -hmm. And and what about, what about breadth here? I mean, certainly tech was uh, on the highlight, 
today, but uh, you're really seeing a lot of a lot of stocks. I mean, we're going to go over some consumer stocks, uh, right. home builders. Uh, you had a little bit of everything today. Such a great point, indeed. In fact, you know, woke up this morning to always do my weekly check of the IBD stock tables on Investors.com. Obviously, we still pr produce the weekly print newspaper, but it might come as a surprise to our listeners that a technology uh, sector is no longer number one, nor is it number two. You know, right now, in terms of a blended medium to long-term performance, building is number one among 33 sectors. Apparel is number two. We're going to cover Lululemon a little bit. We're going to cover Toll Brothers, TOL. And then you have computer, chip, software, and leisure. So to me, you know, I, I kind of like to gauge the strength of an uptrend by looking at those top six or top eight sectors. And those are some really good sectors in which to invest. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe we talk a little bit about some of those, um, you know, as, as we let, let, let's go ahead and round out the discussion on the indexes uh, first, mm -hmm. though. Uh, the S&P 500, as we mentioned, uh, this one never actually got below the 21 day moving average line, uh, really kind of got support at that green line and bounced, uh, bounced pretty strongly today. Very impressive indeed. Yes. And and I think just like what you said, Justin, it, it's kind of reflecting a broadening out of the, the rally that really got sparked by the Magnificent Seven stocks, which had already shown strength, right, for the first 10 months of the year. When I look at today's breadth indicators, uh, you know, we, we get a, num a number of numbers from various sources, but at least when I'm, I'm looking at Thinkorswim right now, mm -hmm. Tentatively, uh, I think it's uh, five to two winners versus losers on the NASDAQ and about a three to one ratio of gainers versus decliners on the NYC. That's exactly what we want to see on a day like this. Now, you know, big gains that are not led by just a small pocket of stock. So for that reason, that's why we're going to, you know, look at uh, two non-tech stocks. And, you know, it might have been a little bit favoring uh, some of those big cap techs. But when we look at RSP, which is the equal weighted S&P 500, kind of takes away the, the overemphasis on those big mega caps that uh, dominate a lot of the indexes now. RSP makes it equal weighted. And that was no slouch today. I mean, it no. uh, underperformed a little, but 1%, 1.1%, 1 1 uh, that's, that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, that's true. Um, if possible, you know, obviously that daily action is nice. But if we go to a weekly chart, it still kind of shows how technology and those mega cap names have truly been uh, the leaders for some years. Because at 157 for RSP, you're still 12 points below that late 2021 peak, 169. So, you know, you still got uh, another, what what is that, uh, almost a 1% gain before we, we can uh, hit uh, all-time highs. But that, that would be very, very positive. So we'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Probably more than a one percent game to or, these highs. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, here. No, yeah, a lot so, more. Yeah, I'm not doing my We got a little bit to go. Yeah, exactly. This is seven or eight percent or something like that, right? And I also wanted you to kind of address the ten-year Treasury yield. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly, one of the things uh, that was notable last week, especially on Friday, was that we got back above four percent um, on the ten-year Treasury yield, and today kind of saw it drop. Uh, right back down to that level. It, I mean, if you if you look at the technical picture, you're like, oh wow, the 200-day moving average line was uh, acting as resistance here. Um, yes. Anything that this kind of tells you about the uh, the hopes, fears for Fed rate uh, hikes, cuts, uh, soft landings, hard landings, recessions? 
<laughs> you know, all of the above, uh, Justin, I mean, those are all really important points. And, you know, on IBD Live or in our market coverage, we're always looking at what the market thinks in the bond market uh, about a future rate cut or obviously uh, any possibility that the, the Fed might turn turn toward tightening again. And, you know, 4% is, is definitely a key level. We, we've seen profit taking in bonds over the past couple of weeks. That's why that yield on that zero TNX has gone up. So mm -hmm. always remember, it's an inverse relationship between bond prices and bond yields because the fixed income payment or the coupon paid by those treasury notes uh, never changes. Uh, so okay. the yield changes based on the price of, the, of that bond. And, you know, it, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see if um, in the future this year, 2024, whether there's another run on bonds, profit taking or selling, you know, by institutions to move the, the, the cost of money back toward, say, four and a half percent. But, you know, right now, last week, we had some really key data on the economy. One was that the ISM services index had fallen. And it was a big, big surprise to people because for a long time, you know, the service sector seemed to be gaining a lot of momentum. We have a strong labor market and so forth. But that ISM non-manufacturing index came down, reflecting the true impact that, uh, you know, a year and, and a half worth of rate hikes since early 2022 has had on the economy. Therefore, you know, when I look at the uh, CME FedWatch survey of bond traders, it's interesting that, you know, in the upcoming March 20th meeting on interest rates, we are still at a roughly two and three chance, you know, 65%, 66% chance that the Federal Reserve will trim interest rates by at least a quarter of a point. But when you go two months further out in May, that's like four months from now, right? We're going to have a lot of economic data, maybe possibly more signs of true cooling across the economy. Well, that chance of a rate hike now goes up to 95 percent. Wow. And so when the Fed, yeah, so when the Fed cuts rates, that's going to put pressure on yields because people uh, now feel more confident that, you know, they were not going to stick their neck out and buy bonds if the Fed is raising instead of actually reducing. That can increase demand and therefore uh, institutional investors who buy those bonds, they can actually even see a little bit of capital appreciation. Plus, they can lock in a yield that's acceptable. Uh, for their investment objectives. Mm -hmm. and, and it should also be noted that even that March, uh, those March numbers that you were quoting in terms of percentage chances, uh, those those are down uh, a bit. I mean, they were they were higher yeah. just, uh, just a week or so ago, uh, you know, in terms of what the, the rate cut odds were. Um, let's uh, talk a little bit. We, we, we mentioned XLK. Uh, I mean, this was up you know, two and a half percent. This is the technology select sector um, spider ETF, um, you know, very dominated by Microsoft and Apple. But you were also mentioning, hey, it's not just all about tech. Uh, when you look at the consumer discretionary uh, select sector spider ETF, XLY, uh, that was that was no slouch today. One point seven percent rise. Exactly. Yeah. So definitely an outperformer versus the broader S&P 500. And you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think there are some mega cap techs also in XLY in some form or, in some form or another. But still, yeah, you definitely yeah. have Amazon and Tesla mm -hmm. are your big heavyweights. You know, right. the two of those together are about forty percent of XLY. Yeah, yeah. So that that you can't ignore. But the other sixty percent certainly tied to consumer spending, and so 
therefore, this is a good sign. Uh, people are looking for that Goldilocks scenario of, of lower interest rates, lower inflation, uh, money in consumers' pockets, high uh, high rate of uh, employment, and so no no wonder uh, you're going to see strength in in this sector. Whereas you know sales and earnings uh, con continue to flow nicely. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that same vein, uh, you wanted to take a look at uh, the retail, you know, Spider S and P. Uh, you know, not a bad move here, one point seven six percent for the day. Uh, again, for for those of you that were thinking retail was dead, um, mm -hmm. I mean, it certainly had its 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 rough spot. But this is this has been uh, quite a run here from the bottom uh, that we had in in October. Uh, totally, Justin, and I, I hope I don't muff this. Uh percentage gain uh, like I did with RSP. <laughs> yes, but I think when, you, when you're going from, right, 56 or 57 uh, at the lows, and then uh, you're hitting up to 75, right? So 57 to 75, 18-point gain. Yeah, wow, I mean, percent. yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's really, really impressive. And you're only given, given back a small portion of that. So, you know, one, one way I like to analyze markets is, you know, very just simply, you know, okay, after a certain uh, advance of how many steps, how many steps backward do you, do you go back? Mm -hmm. Is it a, you know, is it a two steps back, uh, two steps forward, two steps back, or two steps forward, one step back? It kind of feels more like a three steps forward and just one step back or so. So this is the kind of market where if, you, if you've uh, invested, uh, as, as we suggested through uh, the follow-through day two months ago, now is a chance to be looking for some positive pullbacks uh, to add to winning positions or even actually start a new position. So that's why we're looking at names like Lulu. Yeah. So we're going to transition to Lulu in just one second, but I did want to kind of just mention real quickly how SMH uh, was a oh, big yeah. outperformer today. This is the Banex Semiconductor. Of course, NVIDIA is a big uh, position here, but uh, SMH was up three and a half percent. NVIDIA, that was mentioned on the on the show Friday, that was up a good 6.4 percent uh, breakout here back above 500. So uh, certainly Certainly glad that Ed and Allie covered that on Friday. Um, oh, okay, yes. back over to uh, the consumer, uh, Lululemon Athletica. This is something that looks like, I mean, we had a breakout from this flat base area. Uh, initially, it had a little bit of trouble launching, but then once that follow-through day happened on November 1st, quite the run here, uh, quickly getting to this shaded area, this green shaded area, which uh, indicates a 20% 20 to 25% profit zone uh, from that initial breakout. So uh, what did you think of the action today? I mean, it was it was lagging for a while, but gosh, the, the close off the bottom was pretty remarkable. Oh, without question. This is the kind of positive reversal we want to see, Justin. And I'm really glad you mentioned that mint green strip on the Marcus Smith chart. It does show the importance of selling your winners on the way up. There is a time when you you know you continue to water the flowers in your portfolio garden, but eventually you do pick them and you want to put them on display. Like, hey, I got this profit, and show that to people. And therefore, before they uh, wilt, right? Before they wilt, exactly, exactly. Uh, and we're not we're not trying to create dried flowers here. We're trying to you know capture them live, right? Uh, so the the point here is one that not every one of your stocks might might become the next Home Depot, Google, Dell, or Microsoft, right? Uh, or Apple, um, or even Tesla in recent recent uh, years. And therefore, if you bought the stock correctly using IBD rules, 
and you've got a 20 to 25% gain over four, eight weeks or so, it's very, it's a very good idea to at least take some partial profits because eventually these stocks pull back and many, many times they, they pull back all the way to around the area you bought. And there's mm-hmm. nothing more frustrating to see a really, really good gain over a short period of time to wilt uh, yeah. to almost nothing. Right. So, you know, whether you take all of the profit, uh, half of your position, a third of your position, a quarter, it's going to obviously depend on person to person to person. Uh, and so therefore, uh, you know, you have to make sure you know your strategy, your objectives. That said, you know, for those who might have a little more conviction, a bigger profit cushion and are willing to ride out any pullbacks, they could they could decide to hold. And one reason is that it is keeping that 21 day and it's well, well above that 50 day. Mm-hmm. Finally, you have a stock that's true, truly an, institu- an institutional class leader, you know, 59 billion market cap and still strong growth. Yeah. And it's it's also worth mentioning because you did throw out a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different ways you could play it, you know, whether it's taking off a quarter or a half. It's a, just a reminder that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing decision, right? You don't have That's to right. say, oh, I'm either in or I'm out. It could be like, eh, I'm partway in. I'm kind of in, you know, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and then you can let the market kind of give you that feedback and determine where you go from there. Uh, another one that did hit that mint green strip was Toll Brothers. Uh, as as we talked about, a lot of the home builders looking very strong. Again, one of those things that you wouldn't necessarily think uh, with the mortgage rates getting as high as they did, that these would still do so well. Uh, but you look at the chart and these are, you know, strong relative strength lines. So uh, Toll Brothers got support at its 21 day moving average line. And today it popped right back up above 100. What's your take on it? A uh, lot of lot of bullish uh, strokes on that on that painting there, Justin. And, you know, first off, uh, let's highlight the handle buy point. And in fact, you know, you could all, almost argue there were two handles, but ideally that handle is going to form below the left side of the cup. And 82.39, well, from 82.39, it, it definitely got more than 25% above uh, that pivot price. And therefore, you know, uh, you can see the stock get briefly poked above uh, the mint green zone. And also it traded really tightly, just like what Justin is showing, that offered people a second chance to buy. And, you know, uh, our good friend Mike Webster uh, uh, was one who's coined the term shelf, which is tight trading action over several days or weeks after a nice breakout. and when it pops above that shelf, a chance to actually add shares. So uh, this is acted really, really well. You can see the big skyscrapers of volume, meaning those up days have seen big above average volume. And that red line that you see on the volume charts refers to the 50-day average of volume. And so that's roughly 10 weeks of action. You can see a clear indication that big fund managers have loaded up on the stock. So going forward here, you know, nice to see supported the 21 day. If we, if we, you know, fell sharply below that, then, you know, then you, you could see your gains being threatened and you'd have to maybe consider more of a defensive selling. But for now, we'll see whether this one can form either a new base, a new shelf, uh, you know, never know. It could be a flat base that forms, uh, no guarantee that it will happen. But if it does, you know, the, the truly best stocks in a market are going to give you chances to add shares to a winner and compound your overall profit. That's really, really what's really important. Mm-hmm. 
It's worth noting that Toll Brothers did have a three weeks tight. This is something we were seeing mm. a lot of at the end of the year, something I think we were getting maybe a little bit too excited about. It's like, oh, these three weeks tight, maybe some opportunities to add to our positions. And then uh, in the last week happened and kind of ruin the look of a lot of those three weeks tight. But uh, if this if this retakes that area, is that um, how do you view that? Uh, I think I think that's an actionable op- opportunity to maybe add a small amount. Uh, mm-hmm. My personal rule is that uh, if uh, if I do have the stock and and it's not too far, you know, like not a hundred percent or a fifty percent above uh, the the area in which I bought it, then I'd be willing to add a tenth a tenth of my original position if I'm really really uh, uh, really eager to add even more, maybe maybe fifteen percent of the original position. Mm-hmm. And let's go ahead and close this out. Just as a reminder, it wasn't all rosy out there. We had Boeing uh, news out over the weekend of a pretty harrowing uh, flight experience for some passengers. Uh, on uh, Was that the 737 MAX again that was having the problem? It was the 737 MAX 9. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what the 9 stands for, but yeah, it's part of that 737 MAX series mm-hmm. that uh, caused two terrible uh, incidents, right? Indonesia and in uh, us. Uh, Africa. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, this time around, uh, it was also kind of joined by a part from Spirit Aerosystems uh, with, with the fuselage and the door having some some issues there. So uh, Spirit Aerosystems, uh, not Spirit Airlines, uh, but this is Spirit Aerosystems, SPR, was down 13.6% and Boeing was down 8%. But when you look at this, I mean, it had a, a pretty reasonable looking cup handle here. Um, I mean, if anything, it looked extended because it just didn't didn't take a break. It was week after week up here. But again, that three weeks tight that we were seeing in a lot of stocks, um, even last week, the pullback didn't come down below the 10-week moving average line, didn't come down below the 50-day moving average line. Uh, it really seemed like it was getting support right at the top of the cup. And then boom, the rug gets pulled out from un- under you. So what, what are investors supposed to do here if they mm-hmm. had a recent buy in Boeing and this news comes out? Yes, it's a it's a it's a great question and a tough answer. Let me let me give some 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 uh, uh, additional ideas of on that. Uh, one is, it is nice that the sell off today stopped at the fifty day moving average. If you have conviction that Boeing is really going to turn things around for the better, and that this is just a a, a smaller hiccup than what happened with the those uh, the software issue then maybe watch it for the next several days and truly put that line in the sand uh, at the 50-day moving average or below today's low. Uh, you know, For those who bought near or at that cup without a handle entry around 243, you know, it's also very, very prudent and smart uh, and savvy portfolio-wise to cut your losses, at least sell maybe half, you know, preserve your cash for uh, a better time in the stock or even a better stock. I would say this too, since we talked about the 21-day exponential, Justin, you know, before this unfortunate accident on Alaska Airlines out of Portland, look how it came down really hard, boom, boom, two days in a row, and the volume was accelerating, and we undercut that 21-day. Our research shows at IBD that True market leaders are not going to clip that 21 day like that so quickly after a breakout. And this was a stock that really didn't have a lot of gains, frankly, from the breakout point. Uh, you know, since November 1st, the, the the best, very best stocks have gone up 20% to 40%, even more. 
Boeing's uh, gain probably got to, uh, I'm not really sure, 7, 8, 9%, which is good. Right. And this is a mega cap and it's a Dow Jones stock. However, this is a stock that also you know, is, is trying to make a comeback just like the company is uh, after uh, this, 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 uh, these ongoing problems it's, it's had with the 737 MAX. So uh, we're not saying that the stock is down and out for good. It could come back very strong, but you always you know, got to be the number one steward of, of your own portfolio. And, and that, that means really managing your risk. Well said, Dave. Thank you so much for joining us and, uh, and filling in. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, please join us tomorrow if you haven't already and check out IBD Live. Uh, David is often hosting uh, and tomorrow he'll be hosting uh, with David Ryan, who joins us uh, every Tuesday. He's a three-time U.S. investing champion uh, and also protege of our Investors Business Daily founder, William O'Neill. Uh, so he'll be joining us tomorrow at investors.com slash IBD live. If you haven't taken a trial yet, please do so. And please join us tomorrow. We'll be right back here on Stock Market Today at the close. We'll see you then. Take care. This show is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Any securities and investment strategies discussed may not be suitable for all investors. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making investment decisions.